Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step -step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. GDIY has partnered with the Bird Dog Society to do monthly bonus check-ins to discuss and announce any news and events that may be of interest for any and all bird dog owners and trainers. There are a lot of factors that impact us as we try to train, hunt, and just live with our dogs. So it is important to recognize the resources we utilize are maintained, improved, and people actually know about them. Please check out the links in the show notes that can direct you where to get involved and show your support. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Bird Dog Society update with my buddy Jim Burris. Jim, how you doing, man? We haven't caught up since we got back from Colorado, really. I'm uh, doing great, Nick. Went out snipe hunting yesterday, and that was our first trip into North Carolina woods this fall, and so it feels good to kind of kind of get our season kicked off locally. Yeah, how's it feel to be back home hunting something like snipe when you've been out out west hunting ptarmigan and bluegrass? And then I know you did a trip that I want to catch up on uh, to South Dakota chasing prairie chickens what's it like being back down south chasing something like snipe as opposed to the typical uh i guess more familiar upland species yeah i mean i'm i'm really starting to enjoy the snipe hunting you know it's almost starting to feel like a a familiar foe so to speak uh, <laughs> you know just, the 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 shooting challenge of it it's nice that there's not objects in the way like trees and 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 hills and, and all kinds of stuff like that it's just ni nice open clean shooting but you know there's small fast birds so they still kind of have their their own challenges and i'm really starting to yeah kind of kind of love um kicking off the season with snipe hunting i man i i've got a soft spot for the little esoteric opportunities if you will throughout the country like people that do do different things with their dogs i enjoy you know we, we've done a few episodes on snipe and i got to experience it last last year so we don't have to harp on it too long but it's it's just a good reminder to throw out to everybody that you know there's other options across the country, not even just here in the Southeast, outside of what everybody just kind of sees in pheasant hunting or bobwhite hunting or, or rough grouse hunting. And of course, you know, those are staples. We all love them for, for what they're worth. But sometimes uh, if you need opportunities and options within your area, you can get kind of creative. And, and Snipe is, to me, the perfect example of that, given that so many people still are completely unfamiliar with what a Snipe is. Yeah, and like yesterday, the cover was thick enough. The wind was just right, and, and every single bird was pointed. Um, so Manu was doing great, and I was shooting well enough that he wasn't mad at me. And, uh, <laughs> it was just, just a just a fun evening and and good dog work. So I mean, that's kind of what we asked for, regardless of what kind of 
bird we're chasing. So, absolutely. Well, again, we ha- we haven't caught up since uh, we've been kind of on the road doing our own things since we separated from Colorado. But catch me up on South Dakota. How did your trip to South Dakota go? Because I know last year you went there and 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 your dog Manu had that bum leg, and so you didn't really get to enjoy it over your own dog. But this year, uh, it looked like at least through the social media lens that you got to enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, there's just something that uh, is different when you're out some, in a place like South Dakota and you got your own dog versus, uh, you know, him being in the kennel and sedated for most of the week. Um, and, and so last year, uh, you know, that kind of ate at me uh, on the drive home. And I was like, you know, this year I'm going back to South Dakota, if nothing else to, you know, get our prairie chicken over a point with Manu. Um, and really the kind of the first day right out of the gate, we got a short hunt in on the first day and Manu stuck three birds right on top of Ridge. And, and, uh, I, I, like a dummy, I yelled over to the guy that was with me, Hey, Manu's on point. And about that time, <laughs> two birds get up. And so I start literally like running to get, uh, up to those birds and a bird comes up like five yards from me to my right. And I didn't even realize the bird what had gotten up until it was like 20 yards ahead of me <laughs> flying. And by the time I stopped and got the gun mount, I was like, oh man, it's too far. And that was the last <laughs> bird. But, uh, but the first, uh, you know, the first three days that we were out there, you know, we had great weather. Uh, the birds actually held really well. Uh, mostly the prairie chickens, the Sharpies actually cooperated to some degree, and uh, yeah, Manu got his uh, prairie chicken uh, over point, um, and so you know that's kind of that was our big goal. Uh, we also got a, a sharp tail prairie chicken hybrid too, so that was kind of a new one we could check off the list that I wasn't expecting. But yeah, the first three days, um, the whole group did really well. We had a lot of good dog work, and then the last two days, a, a weather system moved in, and that kind of really threw a wrench in our plans. Um, but well, yeah, the whole week we kind of nothing came easy in South Dakota for us this year, though. Even though the hunting was good, the, I mean, the first day we had a dog get hit on the nose by a rattlesnake. Second day, oh, yeah, right. yeah, um, we took it to the vet, and basically the vet just gave him uh, some fluids and some antibiotics, and we observed him, or well, they observed him for a little while, um, and then a few days rest, and he was back at it. Did he rule it as a dry bite maybe, or just ma- just didn't really affect the dog? Did the vet say or have any kind of guess as to why it didn't really affect him that bad? Well, I don't, I don't think that they really said whether they thought it was a dry bite or not, because I mean, the dog's whole head swelled up. Um, and so, I mean, it was a American Brittany and his head was the size of a lab for a few days, <laughs> but other than, so it probably wasn't a dry bite then I, I would, I wouldn't think so. Um, but, you know, other than, you know, kind of the localized swelling around the head, there was no other kind of side effects to it. And, and so a few days rest and, and that dog was uh, hunting again. So that happened on a Monday and I think the dog was hunting again on Thursday. And then the second day we had a dog get exercise induced hematuria, uh, which is basically where the, you know, the dog's stressed from um, working so hard that uh, it starts to break down red blood cells. And it's literally peeing out blood. And so, you know, that was kind of scary for the owner of that dog. That was an English setter. Uh, you know how those dogs are. And, you know, sometimes they, they, they <laughs> um, and uh, so that dog went to the vet and uh, vet said, yeah, we see this all the time. A few days rest and he'll be back to good. Uh, we just had to, you know, get a lot of fluids into him so that we can kind of flush out his kidneys. 
Um, and then again, you know, by Thursday, that dog is back in the in the mix. Uh, but unfortunately, Thursday is when the bad weather kind of came in and made the roads a mess. We had one vehicle get in a ditch and I got stuck on a, a, a road that the gravel just disappeared and I got stuck and had to, you know, pay a local farmer to pull me out and the second day, it was much of the same. And so we tried to drive out of the storm and we got into some Sharpies, but it was so windy that the birds were spooking and getting up 60, 70, 100 yards ahead of us. You know, you kind of would think that those birds in that really high wind, they would get in some kind of thick, woody type brush or cover or something, but they were getting in super uh, grazed down grass that was literally an inch or two high. So they, I guess so they can see everything coming and you could not even get close. And the only thing, I think the only bird killed the last day that we were there was by uh, uh, the grill of a GMC Yukon. Um, and so that, that <laughs> went right through the grill. Um, but uh, it was definitely an adventurous week and I think everybody had a lot of fun. And you know, we're just kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do next year for our uh, annual trip. Hopefully you guys don't have any, uh, at least as many mishaps on the next trip. Cause it, it, you know, you go on these trips, there's always something that happens, you know, knock on wood. I've, I spent a lot of weeks on the road kicking off this season and, and just a bunch of minor things, but I did end up having to take Quinn to the vet because she had a, uh, grass seed, a Sicily seed get, uh, up underneath her third eyelid. And so I had to take her in and, and that knocked her out for a few days, but all in all, if you really kind of think about it, if if that's your your biggest uh, hurdle or challenge, if you will, you know, with as many weeks and miles as I covered, I can't complain at all for for the troubles on my end. But there's always something that happens. You know, my buddy Zach, he came up to join us at the very end, the tail end of the Wisconsin leg of the trip. And he ended up hitting a deer in the middle of uh, Illinois at 3 a.m. And and so that ended up like totaling his car. And then he ended up just selling the car to a local mechanic up in Wisconsin and riding back with me. And it, it's one of those, it, we tell everybody, be safe, try and plan for all the contingencies. But there's really no way to plan for all contingencies. And if you do, then you just spend more time worrying about it. But, you know, you have to you have to be prepared to some extent so that you're just not you're not overlooking some obvious safety things that could really help you guys out. So I'm curious, you know, when when the truck got stuck in the ditch or you or you got stuck, I mean, it, did you guys have any tools that you got to try, you know, to try and get unstuck? Did you all have any winches or, or toe straps or did the farmer just really bail, bail you guys out for the most part? If it wasn't for the farmer, there would have been no hope. Uh, the road that, uh, <laughs> that yeah, the road that we got pulled out of, it was a hill behind us. We couldn't go backwards. Uh, we couldn't go forwards because the truck was pointing down over a 20 foot, uh, uh, kind of drop down to a culvert, uh, across the road. And, and, and that mud out there is some nasty stuff, you know, super slick and it just sticks to everything. Uh, essentially the farmer had a big John Deere tractor. It's probably at least 200 horsepower. And that tractor and four-wheel drive was going sideways up the road, pushing us sideways up the road. That's how bad it was. And so, yeah, it's kind of funny when we get, we kind of got to where we, I was like, all right, we're stuck. We can't go forwards and we can't go backwards. I look out the windshield and there's a rooster pheasant uh, just standing there staring at us and walking down the road like he's mocking us. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if it wasn't for that farmer, we, we did have toe straps, but there was no way a, a, another pickup truck was going to be able to get in there and pull us out. So we'd have had two trucks stuck at that point. Well, just imagine, I mean, if, if that farmer's not there or or he doesn't want to cooperate, you know, you guys would have been calling somebody or walking a little further down the road. I mean, stuff like that can change in an instance. And that, that's why it's like, you know, take all the staples and, 
and all of the uh, the safety suggestions in your truck, you know, it, anything can happen on these trips. I mean, it sounds like you guys had a, quite a number on this trip, and I've you know throughout the years, I could I could list off a whole bunch of random stuff that there's there's no way that you can foresee any of that stuff happening. Yeah, we even knew the roads were bad because I mean, the one vehicle that got stuck in a ditch was first thing in the morning, and and then we went down a road where halfway down a hill, the gravel just disappears. Um, and and so you know you kind of. Try Try to avoid it, but you know, if you kind of make the wrong turn, there's some in some instances you can't really kind of get out of it too well. Um, but you know, the those large tractors and stuff like that, if a farmer starts one of those puppies up and drags you out, you should certainly compensate them in some way for their time and effort. I mean, it's not cheap to even <laughs> run one of those tractors with cost of diesel nowadays. No, nah, the, the the diesel cost, but yeah, I mean, you you, you guys. We can plan for all the contingencies we want and everything, but the best thing is just try to be prepared. And, and uh, you know, the at, at least on my end with the grass seed in the eye, you know, the just being aware of it, doing your tailgate checks and kind of knowing that, hey, it's that type of season. There's a whole bunch of stuff that can get into it. And, I, and you know, that's where you guys come in with the webinars, right? That's what you and Jay Brecky just had one on on the grass seeds and ons and stuff like that. What else do you guys have coming down the pipe that might help some people out at least, at least in the, uh, awareness category? Yeah. So, I mean, if we're talking about webinars, uh, we have three webinars coming up. We have about three more webinars that, uh, we haven't put on, uh, the website yet, but the next three is a insured upland hunting webinar, uh, on December 14th. And that'll be, um, given by me. Um, so I'll kind of just kind of do a brief overview of all the different kinds of birds you can hunt and, some techniques and gear that you'll need and stuff like that. So if you're you know looking to get into upland hunting or or have just recently got into it, that'd be a great uh, a webinar. And then in January we have intro to AKC field trials with Terry and Fernando. That's on January 18th. Again, another great activity uh, if you have a you know bird dog and you're looking to get into field trials. That's a, a great way to kind of just see what it's all about and uh, what kind of levels you can test at and stuff like that. And then in February, uh, we have a shed hunting with your bird dog uh, webinar, and that's with uh, Tom Dockin, uh, and that's on February 8th. Um, and that's going to be roughly about a month before our second annual shed hunt, uh, which is an in-person event that we'll have on March 9th at the Butner Falls Game Lands in Bahama, North Carolina. Uh, this is an event that we did last year. I uh, got a lot of great reviews, uh, and so we'll be doing it again this year. Um and this year we'll actually have kind of a practice area where we'll have sheds and stuff set out that are marked with flags. So the handler will know where the sheds are at, but the dog won't. And so they can kind of get a little bit of practice and, and help familiarize the dog with what it's like to go shed hunting before you go actually go out and start looking for the sheds that we have planted throughout the 700 acres. Yeah. Re quick question. Are you going to go plant your elk sheds that we got in Colorado? Yeah, I don't know about that one. That uh, you'd have to have a big dog to back those out. So. <laughs> Manu seemed to enjoy holding them and carrying them around for a little bit. Oh yeah, every time he sees them in the garage, now he gets excited. So <laughs> that's awesome. I keep showing people pictures of that one. I might have to use that for the uh, for the episode post on this one, just to show everybody that you know, hey, these elk sheds are bigger than the freaking dogs. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking about going down to Colorado just to hunt elk sheds at some point now. <laughs> right. You need my luck to uh, point you on the right direction while we're out hunting birds. We're just picking up uh, big giant elk sheds instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, we will be going out uh, for Pheasant Fest in Sioux Falls uh, first weekend in March. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll be, I'll be most of the way out there and I, I definitely plan to go do some shed hunting, um, uh, either on the way or, or somewhere in that, uh, in that area, maybe drop down to Colorado or go up to Wisconsin and do some shed hunting. And so, I mean, that's kind of a, I guess, another announcement, uh, bird dog society will be at pheasant fest again, um, next year. Um, and so anybody that's planning on going there, um, you know, definitely plan to, to, to stop by. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, so you got the shed hunt, the webinars, you guys will be at pheasant fest. What, uh, what other things do you guys have going on that, that could really help you guys out? You know, anything to, you know, just putting announcements out there or awareness whatsoever. Well, really the kind of one thing I want to do is make sure to update people in the St. Hubert's trial. Uh, you know, you just did the episode, uh, with Grace and Guy are talking about the St. Hubert's, uh, uh, trial. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Three Rivers Land Trust uh, decided that uh, uh, they did not want to continue with this event. And uh, and so the Bird Dog Society kind of had to uh, make some changes. You know, the St. Hubert's trial is something the Bird Dog Society really wants to do because we like the aspect of, you know, it really looks at the interactions between the dog uh, and the handler, you know, and that relationship that, you know, we're trying to foster with a lot of our mission projects and events. And so the St. Hubert's full trials still going to happen. The dates are still February 3rd and 4th, uh, but now the venue, instead of being in North Carolina, is going to be at the H. Cooper Black Memorial Field Trial Area in South Carolina, uh, and that's uh, just uh, just south of North Carolina, so it's still pretty close. Um, Chiral, South Carolina, is, I think, the closest town, and then registration for that event should be opening soon, within the next couple of weeks, and so we'll announce that once that's available, uh, and people can sign up for that as well. And so. Uh, we're really excited about that event. We have a lot of people kind of uh, excited to take their dogs and and that that would be a great event for people to want to get into field trialing too, because it's a low pressure situation. And, and uh, you know, there's two different categories. Um, one's called the, I think the hunter class and, um, and then the other one's uh, yeah, the trial class. Um, and so you can kind of enter your dog in, you know, depending on where you're at and, and kind of it's, it's just as much about building community and making connections as it is to see what your dog can do on field. Uh, and then the judges will kind of test to see how you and your dog work as a team. And that's one of the best things about hunting with a bird dog is you kind of get that team sense with your dog. And, you know, when they do well, you feel really good. And when you do poor and they're doing well, it makes you feel even worse. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel guilty almost. It's like yeah. the dogs, dogs do great. <laughs> you're happy but if you don't do your part then you're just you just feel guilty it makes me wonder when the dogs aren't doing their part do they feel guilty or are they just out there still having fun <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't at least Manu, i don't think he feels guilty at all <laughs> no no not at all but then the next thing uh, we have coming up uh, which is in may uh, and we're doing the finishing details for this uh, event is an in-person event called troubles with bird dogs um, that'll be in uh, the Brewston Mills, West Virginia area uh, at Old Hemlock. Um, and Old Hemlock is the uh, old homestead and the foundation uh, George Bird Evans established. And so that uh, workshop will be talking about uh, field trauma and first aid and uh, porcupine skunks and rattlesnakes and uh, and then also talk about traps, you know, how to identify traps and get your dogs out of traps. And basically anything that you're going to run into in the field that's going to cause you trouble with the bird dog. Uh, that's kind of what uh, our goal is to kind of give you a understanding of, of what you're going to run into and how to handle it. And so we're uh, getting some co confirmations for um, uh, some speakers on that. Um, and then once we have that, we'll open that up for registration. So those details will be coming out soon. Um, and, you yeah, know, Nick, you'll you'll be there helping uh, with people as well. Uh, so we're excited about that. And you said it was in May. Do you do you have an actual hard date on that yet? 
it'll be May 4th. May 4th. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to tell you, I got into a porcupine, uh, on, on the trip in Wisconsin too. I didn't, my buddy Jacob's, uh, Drot did, which go figure is great. I got a nice picture of his little green tattoo under his ear with porcupine quills coming out of it. So if you want to talk about, you know, karma right there, it's, I told him, I'm like, Hey, you're the one that bought a Drot, man. <laughs> yeah. You sent me some pictures of that one. That looked like a pretty good one right there. So, <laughs> right. But, you know, kind of on that note, um, uh, a buddy of mine has a dog in, in kind of the uh, mountain areas there in West Virginia, uh, not far from where we'll be holding this clinic. And that's uh, where I grew up. And we had never seen a porcupine there. Um, and his dog, that same day, uh, your buddy's dog got into a porcupine. He he had a friend that get into uh, their dog. I think it was a bear dog that got into it, but they got into a porcupine there too. So porcupines are definitely heading south you know there's definitely quite a few reports of them in virginia and recently there's been reports of them in north carolina as well so porcupines is definitely something that um, in the future might be seeing more and more of especially in the mountains um so if you're out grouse hunting or something like that if, you know don't don't be taken off guard if your dog comes back with uh, a prickly beard and uh if you're kind of in that west virginia virginia north carolina area might be good to put some forceps in the multi-tool and and uh, maybe a dial in your vest uh, just in case and also check those forceps because we found out that, uh, you know, he had a couple, I had a couple, the straight ones, the ones without the, the bend in it, if you will, <clears throat> the straight ones, both his and mine were bent just by sitting in the vest, I guess, walking and busting cover so much. They were bent to where they were pretty much next to useless. Both curved ones were fine, but I just thought that was interesting you know whether that was just kind of a, a coincidence but you know his was jacked up to where it wasn't gripping because you know one of the straight straight uh sets were bent and then we grabbed mine and and same case but both curved ones were were both fine and, and worked great so uh you know just check your check your gear as we always preach that's something that i didn't really realize to check and but uh after coming across and and trying to pull porcupine quills out of an 80 pound draught you know it's uh it's nice to have equipment that actually works right yeah i mean kind of on that note gotta check your equipment one thing i I like to say if you hunt a week hard definitely check all your equipment at the end of it um like i had a bottle of eyewash that i always carried my vest and after south dakota i thought i had a water bottle leaking one day and then at the end of the week i checked everything and it was actually the eyewash i used for manu it leaked and uh, leaked out of my vest and so i didn't have any eyewash and so you definitely got to check that kind of stuff on a regular basis so three three last things uh, to kind of touch on here uh, for bds we do have a new kentucky ambassador and that's wayne randall and um, so we'll be announcing that soon um, and so we are getting more people interested in the ambassador program so if there's any individuals out there that want to help bird dog society get established in your state or do events that uh, benefits uh, bird dog community within your area uh, definitely go to our website uh, and there's just a really small uh, application process and you can submit that to be an ambassador for your state and then one thing that we're really excited about right now is we uh, just started uh, accepting corporate memberships uh, for bird dog society and so this is where companies can uh, help support our mission uh, and events. And that's uh, an annual membership, just like an um, individual membership would sign up. And so companies can go onto our, our website and join for $200 a year. They can support uh, in the Bird Dog Society mission. Uh, and then I would also have the opportunity to help out with uh, putting some of these events on and help supporting uh, our organization. And we'll put uh, uh, corporate members will get uh, a small logo put on our website uh, with a link to their homepage. 
um, to show that they're um, a supporting member for the Bird Dog Society. And also, if you want some Bird Dog Society swag uh, for the month of November, uh, you can go to the Bird Dog Society store uh, and get 10% uh, off anything in the store. And that's with the discount code BDS10. Um, and that uh, any profits from that go uh, to the Bird Dog Society. Uh, but if you uh, if you want some cool swag, uh, you'll get it time for Christmas. Um, uh, again, BDS10 will get you 10% off any uh, any items on our store for the whole month of November. And on the corporate memberships, that's good for any company. That doesn't have to be outdoor related or dog related. So if somebody listening to this, you own a, a roofing company and you want to get, you know, a little bit of advertisement in somewhere while supporting something that, you know, you fits within your, your interests and passion, then by all means, check that out. That might be, might be a good fit to where you, your money goes to supporting something that you also enjoy. Yeah. We've had a lot of, a uh, lot of startup companies and small companies reach out and want to support us. And so we felt this was a good fit and uh, for bird dog society and, and for those companies to kind of uh, help in uh, a mission they believe in. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you guys are staying busy and, and getting a lot of the calendar filled in for next year already. Is there anything else that we need to touch on before we wrap this one up? No, we got some really big stuff uh, in the works that uh, will, will be coming, uh, be announced in uh, future months. But uh, for now, that uh, it's, it's kind of it uh, for the moment. So. Well, barring the uh, teasers yet to come, that sounds like uh, you got a lot of great stuff that would interest anybody in the dog space, both uh, both experienced and brand new. So everybody check it out and be sure to share this with a, a friend if, if you know somebody getting into the space and they got a bunch of questions that they're chewing your ear off about, by all means, link them up with, uh, with Jim at the Bird Dog Society as well as getting them on the podcast. It, it kind of helps both, both of us out in that way, so... Jim, I appreciate you stopping by and kind of ch cluing us in and, and giving us an update on everything. Glad that you made it back from South Dakota and that you're already going on the snipe birds. I look forward to chasing them again with you at some point that, uh, soon. Hopefully, maybe I can get down there this year and, and do it again because it's uh, for those people that haven't tried it, it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of tough shooting, and uh, you can get some quality pointing dog work on them, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's really a cool bird to pursue, and you know we we greatly appreciate your help uh, supporting the Bird Dog Society through this podcast, uh, and uh, we definitely need to to plan another uh, hunting uh, trip soon. Yep, we'll figure it out, but we'll hop offline and and talk about that some more. Uh, everybody, again, share this with a friend if you don't mind, and uh, appreciate you checking in and listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want.
If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.